Good morning and welcome to The Wise Why. I'm here with Paul Holmes from PCH Business Support. I met Paul only a few weeks ago and in that first meeting, I found him absolutely, well, his the information he shared with us as our group was invaluable. It was so powerful and I went off and learned and impl implemented, I can't even say that this morning, implemented the actions that he told me to do straight away. So enough about me, I'm Kirsty Vandenbalk and this is The Wise Why. I will go straight over to Paul. Please introduce yourself. Good morning, Kirsty. Uh, my name is Paul Holmes. I'm Managing Director of um, PCH Business Support, um, soon to become PCH Business Consultants as I'm joined by about 25 associates that come on board. Um, and I particularly specialize in um, growth and growing organizations and helping overwhelmed business owners. Wow, well, you certainly helped me on that first session. And um, when I met you, I met you through a company called Oxleap. Can you expand a little bit about what Oxleap do? Okay, so Oxleap is, um, every region has what's called a LEP, a local enterprise partnership. Um, that is nominally the, the conduit, the central government gets funding into local authorities. Um, and it's, they're, they're set up to help build and develop business, support, um, infrastructure. So it's around sort of developing the economy in, in a particular region. And Oxlet have created um, a whole series of um, um, skills, webinars, trainings of um, media. Um, but they also run a thing called the Growth Hub. And every region has a Growth Hub. And this is a specific uh, entity designed to help businesses that uh, need help within Oxfordshire um, to grow, um, find out things they don't know about, access networks, engage with people, um, and generally learn and grow their business. Thank you. So so, sorry? No, 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 you go, you go on. I, I interrupted it. It's very rude of me. Um, <laughs> um, uh, it's, it, well, it's through funded programmes. So it's funded through what was previously sort of European funding. Um, so I've, I've run some of their programmes for them over the last few years. And then I had the pleasure last year of being invited um, when lockdown first happened to run a COVID response for Oxfordshire. So I've done about 250 one-to-ones with Oxfordshire businesses since then. Uh, and I'm now a formal part of that sort of growth of team. Um, we also do a, a peer network programme, which um, was one of the things we, obviously where we met was a sort of a, a, a version of that. Um, with sort of peer review, and then wrapped around that are a whole series of specialists. So I then get to come and sort of um, do some one-to-one -one coaching with uh, with you guys sort of uh, thereafter as well. It's really exciting. Can you tell me, expand more about your business name change? I'm interested in that. Um, when I first sort of set up, it was, I, I, I come from sort of almost 30 years of sort of corporate engineering operations, systems processes. Um, I've built factories, I've built schools, I've been involved in some sort of local government at some director level. And I've done lots and lots of things. And I, I struggle to sort of kind of work out, I've got breadth, but what do I specialize in? So it's a business support sort of seemed like the kind of, sort of place where I started. And over that period, that support has been sort of misunderstood between the, so do you supply printers then or um, do you kind of, are you sort of a um, stationary supplier and this kind of stuff? So, as it's, as it's developed, it's become sort of more established and we've sort of grown the brand. Um, this year is the first year where I've kind of listened to my own medicine, I'll take my own medicine in terms of, I help businesses to sort of not work stupid hours on business owners to deal with that sort of stress and put the systems in process, which means they don't have to do everything. I wasn't necessarily listening to that myself. Um, so part of this is the, I can't be the only person in this business um 
and I've worked with some wonderful people over the last few years. And I went out to all the people I've worked with, the people I trust, the people who have that same um, customer focus, customer outcome, as we're all driven by that. That's what we want. And it's almost more important than being paid sometimes, is that focus. Um, every single person that I asked to come and work under brand on specific projects, they said yes. And it was really humbling that everybody has always wanted to be involved. So I have, we've announced formally about 15 of them so far, about another 10 in the wings we are just about to launch. Um, and to give it a little bit more sort of um, reflect, the kind of the kind of people got on board, there's some really talented people, um, moved from support to consultancy. Wow. So, so that, um, reason for the name change. No, I think that's brilliant. And um, I want to expand more about, because I know that some of my people who are listening today, uh, some of my friends, uh, work in manufacturing. And I know that we talked about that this morning. So I want to understand a bit more about the why you went into manufacturing. Could you share that? Because I know that people will be asking about it. Okay. Um, so I've always been sort of very sort of tech-minded. So I'm an engineer. And um, I started electronics. Um, and then went back, um, having done electrical electronic at Brunel, and then went back and did mechanical and manufacturing at uh, Brighton. And there was a moment where partway through my sort of training, given the opportunity to actually sort of see what happens when you take that design and throw it into the production world. And I just, I love that engagement. I love that analytical process, the feedback process of when it goes wrong, what could I have done to stop it next time? And that, and that whole process of sort of, problem solving just became my drive and that's just expanded it and, and to this day everything I do when I work with businesses is how can I solve the problem I don't know what the problem is going to be and every time we have a conversation what I we discover is a symptom it's never the reason that the business owner thinks it is and then it's okay can I fix this from experience, things that I've done, or do I need to bring a specialist in? And that's where the associates will then start to sort of really sort of bring in um, some sort of skills there. Oh, that's brilliant. And and I, I agree with you. I don't think I've got some people who are listening today who would actually tell you I've never sold a thing in my life because it is about the art of conversation. And one yes. of the reasons I set up the Wise Why was to explore this because we've all got a drive. And I love the fact that you use the word drive there. Um, if I, what is your ideal client? That's a really interesting point for me. Obviously. I am, but if I if I was to explain that, then that's me taking over. So, what's an ideal client, or how would you explain to somebody why someone like me would come to you? It, it, so, you are my perfect client <laughs> in my role for Oxlab. You are not my perfect client for PCH. So, PCH um, is particularly focused around business owners in the sort of multi-million sort of level. So as, as well as kind of doing this, I'm a non-exec director for a number of um, large organizations. And it's there's a point as a business owner gets to where, and, we, and it's nominally about a million pound turnover. It's not always, but it's about that kind of level with about 10 to 15 employees where it suddenly starts to get complicated. Suddenly, if that business has been built where the owner is integral to every part of the systems and processes and the everyday life and has to be involved in everything, suddenly they can't be. And at that point, things start to fall off the edge. Quality starts to be affected. Customer service goes off. And that quite often the owner hasn't necessarily had sort of um, leadership training, management training, all the systems and processes that I know from corporate life 
that would allow them to step back and allow the team to do things. And once you're in that business position where you are so overwhelmed, so busy, sort of firefighting, spinning plates, you can't implement change because you can't stop. And quite often there isn't time for someone to actually have a conversation with me. All they know is that I'm failing, I need help. But then I get the, I've built a million pound business. I don't need anybody's help. Well, actually, yes, you do, but there's pride going on. Um, so business owners that have been in there long enough that paying for coaching isn't an issue because below that level, money becomes an issue. And I have had somebody once over who timed how long it took me to drink a cup of coffee whilst sat with them. And they worked out how much I'd been paid for them for me to drink his coffee. And it was a very short relationship we then had, obviously. Um, so at that level, it, it's an issue. Um, they need to really have been in business long enough to know the value of somebody coming in and cutting through all of the complexity and sort of saying, okay, why do we do this? Asking those honest questions. So that's my target audience. It, it tends to be sort of between around about a million up to about sort of 10 million, which is the spot where businesses, even at 10 million, quite often still don't have lots of the sort of developed systems and processes, don't necessarily have a formal director process in place. And that's where we add real value. Uh, but I'm, think... a, I'm obviously the, the roles with the local authorities, because I work for multiple local authorities at various sort of LEPs. Um, I'm a, a business coach for an accelerator, an associate director for a large business organization. So dependent on which hat I'm wearing, oh, and we just launched a business accelerator with one of my clients as an um, account as well. So I, I'm, like, I'm the classic entrepreneur who really shouldn't be. Um, but yeah, it does depend. But yeah, for PCH, I'd say a business owner, so a million pounds of level, that's, that's the focus. So interesting, you talk about all your different hats and you also picked up on leadership skills. So I've come across some accidental managers and leaders in my time. And I don't know if you want to expand a little bit on why people become accidental leaders and why they should get business mentoring because I've been on the receiving end. So I'm just wondering what your take is. Um, I think there's, there's that old adage, isn't there, is that sort of good people get promoted beyond their capability. Um, and it's, it's that recognizing that the, the roles and responsibilities and requirements at different levels in an organization are very different. And it's one of the things that when we are particularly focusing on developing a management team or management processes, it's that separation of operational management and strategic conversations. Because most organizations, they just blurs and separating those things out. So people who are extremely good at the operational level, the technical level, um, managing sort of, sort of relatively small teams, but it's about getting things done. They get promoted because they appear to be the best person in that team and quite often they can get the next level up, which is actually managing the team on managing budgets and starting much more around business decisions and much more about sort of strategic decisions. And quite often that is not their comfort zone. And suddenly they move away from the thing they love doing into something where they're not, they haven't been trained, they don't know how to do this, they don't know how to sort of um, not dive into the detail. And I was guilty of that for quite a long time. Um, and you find that sort of people then sort of become ineffective. And I've, 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 I've seen at various sort of places I've been involved in where some really talented sort of world-class um, brains have been promoted to position where they're in charge of entire departments and, and a whole infrastructure. Um, several hundred people who are truly appalling people managers. Um, they are entirely driven around outcome and the task, 
and have no interpersonal skills. So there's no EQ, there's no um, emotional engagement. It's just deliver, deliver, deliver. And for those people, they tend to be relatively short period. And I've worked places where actually those people have kind of been carefully, gently moved out of those roles into much more internal consultant roles where they can add the technical capability without necessarily having to sort of manage people. And so at least one person I worked with, um, he was very thankful for that. He said, look, I, I was no good at talking to people. I just want to do the science. It, it's, it, it does happen a lot in large organizations. It, it takes somebody higher up in the organization to spot actually what are the roles and responsibilities? What are the requirements? What are the, what's the aptitudes? What's the competencies that the role really needs? And does that person fit? Now, large organizations tend to get better at this, uh, but it's something we talk to when we talk to businesses is talk about the competencies in the role. What do you want that person to actually deliver? Not just the technical delivery, but what kind of person do you want? What kind of scenarios are they going to be in? Do they fit? Does it work? So we do. Um, not just the job spec, but also a person spec. You wouldn't put somebody who's sort of um, sort of uh, quiet, shy, retiring into a situation which is high pressurized and needs um, somebody to sort of command um, a role because that's not their skill set, that's not their comfort zone. And I've seen people sort of promoted into those kind of positions, and you, you know it's going to be a disaster before it happens. So yeah, it's there's, there's quite a lot of stuff we do sort of like, have you got the right people? Um, you know, it, it sounds incredible, actually, because uh, I'm as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about situations I've been in where someone like you coming down could really shape and and actually hone the business and take it to the next level. Because people don't don't no one's a bad manager unless they've not had management training. And I was very lucky way, 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 way back when I was really quite young. Uh, I joined a department store which no longer exists called Orders. And orders taught you from the very first time you walked through the door and they guided you through a whole load of processes which still stick with me today, including management skills. So I feel very lucky that I got that training and unfortunately it doesn't it doesn't even trade any longer. But why why would somebody I mean, we've talked about overwhelm. We've talked about the type of customer. But what is the or the why that somebody would actually pick up the phone and go help? Because that's what you do, is you come in, Attention, yeah. um, you help. I mean, that's yeah. an amazing thing in business because there are so many people out there that say they will help, but I know that you really do and you make a difference. So if you had somebody right now listening, what would it be? Um, it is that help. It's that sense of, I don't know where to stop. I've got too many things that are on my mind. Um, I feel stressed, I'm working silly hours. We're not making progress. Um, quite often, profit is starting to sort of um, be sort of knocked. Quite often, revenue is just about holding place, but profits are starting to drop off because some of the costs are inc being incurred. Um, things are coming back from customers, and just things are starting to happen. And they've probably coped with that for a little while, but it's now getting to the point where it's getting critical. And they're going home, they're stressed, they're in a burnout situation. Um, all the businesses. So it's like, like last sort of 18 months or so. I, I've had businesses that have gone from 3 million to 9 million in the last 18 months. And that brings its own pressures, cash flow challenges, lack of systems and processes, and, and all sorts of situations there. Um, 
but it's somebody who just recognizes that they've taken the business on their own as far as they can and it's a really brave position because a lot of people perceive that i failed i've run this business to this point now i need help actually i believe that's the strongest sign of leadership is to be able to turn around and say okay this isn't something i'm good at i've taken it to where i need to go i now need help to take it to the next next level the thing we also do quite a lot of and i think you've sort of seen a little bit with this other stuff we talked about is what's called sort of right to left thinking which is the what do i want the outcome to be and we make this very personal very much around the business owner where do you want to be at a point in time what do you want life to look like and we personalize that we make that the whole focus of why you are running the business. And then we say, okay, on that day, let's do a business review. What does the business have to look like? What does it have to give you to give you that lifestyle? And that's there. You're here and we've got this exponential curve. How do we get from where you are today to that point? So starting with the outcome, we set the, the goals, this revenue, this level of profitability um, means you would have to sell this many products, which means that you need this many people. This is your management team. This is the structure. This is how much warehousing you need. This is how much manufacturing processes you have to in place. You need to, and working backwards, we then get a roadmap of how we're actually going to deliver this. So it's no longer just how do we start here, work hard, and hope we'll get somewhere. It's right. That's where we're going to. This is what actually has to happen to get us to that point. We need, by that point, we'll need 15 people. So this is the point we're going to hire the first person. Here's the third person, here's the fifth person, here's the tenth person. And you can map that over that period of time. And suddenly, because it's about personal outcomes, it's not just growing the business, it changes that, okay, so what do we need to change to get there? Because quite often the business cannot scale to that level because of the way it's been set up and been constrained. And because it's the way we've always done it, we've done it for 10 years, why would we change it? Well, actually, it's worked to here. But now let's, let's see whether we can do that thing here for this price in this sector. Could we do something different? So I've got a client at the moment who was selling um, 12 months ago a £3,000 digital product. He has just submitted a quotation for a £100,000 for almost exactly the same product into a £35 billion MOD defence um, organisation because we've just taken his product and seen the potential in a different market. Wow. I know that there are a couple of people listening to this right now that uh, should definitely get in touch with you because they've got some products out there that I know are brilliant. And yeah, actually, this is why I set up the Wise Why, because I can get and, and talk to people and share this, this conversation with people who just might need that extra nudge. So Thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me. It's it's just incredible. Honestly, we've got a couple of people. I think now let me see if I can get this name right. And if I do get it right, please give me a tick. Because as a lot of people know, I'm a dyslexic and dyspraxic. And my yeah, I'm not very good with names. So I think it's Rubina. I asked her to send me a, a recording of her voice. So good morning, Rubina. I hope I got it right. And if I didn't just tell me uh, for a very long time and for over 20 years I've got a good friend that I still can't say her name I'm not going to say that on air so um, and also Ben lovely to see you so thank you Mr Lewis I really appreciate your support this morning and so does Paul I'm sure um, 
moving quickly on, you've got multiple hats. More yes. hats. I, mean, I thought I wore a lot of hats, but my goodness, <laughs> I've got mum and school run mum and business owner and coach. And yeah, I thought I had a lot of hats, but um, oh, an actor, I forgot that one. Um, did you have, and just choose one of your hats, but if probably PCH, because this is the business yeah. that I Absolutely. know will really, oh, I just got told I got her name right. Yay. Um, well <laughs> yay, I'm going to do a happy dance. Um, so did you have any aha moments or moments where you just thought, why am I doing this? Or the opposite, which I like to reframe that, is why you knew the why you were doing this. Um, I I was in local authority. So I, I was director of investment for the local authority. So my job was bringing in businesses and um, behind the scenes, looking at sort of economy development, looking at how we sort of um, grew the local authority and the, the town and the infrastructure around it. And I found that the, the, the normal sort of um, government sort of model of doing this was very much a sort of a local authority kind of approach. It was very sort of non-business focused. Coming from the private sector and working as a consultant in that space, I was kind of like, well, let's get inside the business. Let's see what's going on. And the more I got involved with sort of building a relationship with the owner, the more I was able to sort of start to solve some problems. And um, the more I did that, the more I kind of went, I enjoyed this. I love being able to do something showing somebody how to do something differently, make them think differently, have those light more moments and go away absolutely buzzing. And I just, I love that so much. Um, the uh, the organization I worked for was taken inside the council. I kind of went, I'm not a civil servant. I don't want to do this. Actually, I want to do more of this stuff. Um, I was running multiple, multiple, multiple capital projects for a while. Um, and the tune of about 75 million pounds sort of projects in total that I was kind of, we were in the early stages for. We voted to leave Europe. Lots of the funding for those projects just disappeared overnight. And I suddenly had that aha moment of the, ah, I need to do something different. And for me, I've run hundreds of millions of pounds of the projects. I ran Innovate UK funded programs for about sort of 12 years, built lots of th th things. I've still found that five years running my own business is the hardest thing I've ever done. And that aha moment was the, I don't know how to sell. So I had to go and retrain because I'd never done that particularly. And that's the, the hardest thing for new business owners is half your time is going to be about getting your customers. It's not doing the thing that you love doing, the reason you set up the business in the first place. And it's that transition of a business owner has to sort of become a lot more than just the thing that they were sort of trying to do in the first place. And for me, there was that, those moments. So see, for yesterday, we were, we were all together at uh, the Oxlap um, Marketplace. It was a fantastic opportunity to a, meet people for the first time that I've only ever seen on Zoom. But to start to hear some of those stories around, we spoke to you 18 months ago, the thing that you helped me see differently and think about differently has absolutely transformed my business. And I'm now, the, the reason I have employees is a direct result of the thing you told me 18 months ago. Uh, for me, it's a happy dance. I don't need paying for that. That's that's just the thing that drives me. It's the, that's my why. It's that create some magic, but actually help you to create that magic. It doesn't. It's not about me. It's not about. I don't bring magic. All I bring is uh, is a level of perspective and experience, just to see things slightly differently, um, and then hopefully not be afraid to say, "Why have you done that?" Yeah. Does that help you achieve your outcome? If not, are we doing that? 
I hear you. And, and that's the whole reason why we met, because as I'm at that first stage of a business, you know, it's like I've had success. I've got money in the bank, which is incredible for a first year of trading. And, and I'm looking at going, yeah. I know I'm, I'm, I'm doing my happy dance again. But how do I scale it? How do I take it to the next level? And that's why I got uh, in touch with, I'm going to say it correctly now, Oxlep, not Oxlep. Yes. <laughs> Spot the dyslexic. Um, and, and it made a huge difference. And in that first conversation with you, I could see just how much I could learn. And for me, never stop learning. <laughs> because the minute I stop learning is the minute I'm going to put the brakes on anything. Um, so you've talked about how you help people like me, which is, you know, and, and obviously your customers through PCH business and, and you really take the pain and you help them problem solve. But who helped you along the way? Um, there have been various people. Um, so I'm now a business coach for the Fearless Business Accelerator. And the chap called Robin Waite, who is a brilliant... Um, it's about commercialization uh, coach. So he's brilliant for um, consultants. And he taught me how to move from this idea of selling time for money as a coach and a consultant into sell outcomes. Most people, I'm an engineer, so I want to tell you everything about my process. And actually, you as a customer just need to know, am I going to double your revenue? Am I going to solve your problems? And you're almost not that interested in terms of how I'm going to do it. You just need to know it works. We haven't done it before. And it's it's that's been a huge change for me in terms of um, being really clear about who's my target audience? What's the outcome? What, what, what am I going to get if I work with you? Um, so he completely transformed the way that I talked about business. And the thing he particularly sort of um, resonates, so we have a thing called 70-10-2, which is for every two clients that you land, you'll have talked to 10. Who, on the face of it, all look as if they're about to sign with you. Um, and it's then recognizing that eight of those won't sign. And that's okay. Now, for me, when I first started that, that realization of, well, every conversation I've had has been productive and fruitful. Why aren't they buying? Is that my fault? And it's because I'm, I've never been a salesman. So that whole turning on its head in terms of, I expect it to land every conversation. But the thing, so I, I can do the 10 to the two bit, the bit that I hadn't really realized that wasn't particularly doing was for every, for those 10 people to have a conversation with, there has to have been 70 points of contact, articles, publications, um, interviews, networking events, referrals, you name it. So if you're not doing the 70, you won't get the 10, you won't get the two. But that also dawning realization that of the 70 people that have seen information about you, 68 of them will say, no, thank you. And that was also a daunting thing of, actually, this is a, a numbers game. You have to get so many people out there. And for me, learning that kind of stuff was a, it was a big change. Um, so Robin was a huge factor in that. Um, a couple of people that have been sort of um, particularly great, a chap called Paul Holbrook, who created a thing called Diary Detox, which is a brilliant tool to evaluate um, the value of everything you do in your diary against where, as the level of an organization you're at, what should the balance between operational management, thinking, planning, doing be? And a great benchmark, he's been working with some people like Microsoft, um, so he was a great influence around sort of how am, I, how, how am I functioning? Am I doing the things that are actually going to help me grow? 
Um, and then um, at the moment, I'm working with a chap called Martin Croft, who's a brilliant mindset coach. So all the coaches that I've worked with have coaches. And it's one of those things that, that, that we all have areas that we aren't the best at, that we need help with. We may have specialisms, but it's the recognizing this is a continual learning process. I am continuously buying all your books, new business books, learning new things, because it, it doesn't stop. And the more I learn, the more I want to share with people. Brilliant. I'm going to have to unfortunately wrap it up now, which is a real shame because I think we could talk and share and uh, keep this going for at least another half an hour. But I made a point of saying that I would keep the wise why to around the 20 to 30 minutes. It was originally only 25, but it go does go on. I cannot, from the bottom of my heart, thank you enough for sharing. I know looking at it today that people have thoroughly enjoyed this. I will, of course, yeah. upload this onto YouTube. And yes, Thank you, Paul. I really no, appreciate it. A pleasure. Thank you very much. And uh, um, I look forward to talking to you again. No problem. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kirsty.